Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi. It's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and my new book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L. C-O-L-E dot com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books. No matter when you listen to this episode, every single month, all you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can take a screenshot of your Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves, and randomly picking winners every single month. And then I'll reach out to you. We'll ask which book you want me to sign, and we'll send it out to you. All right, good luck. Let's get to today's guest. Her name is Emily Morris. Emily Morris is a doctor of human sexuality and the host of the award-winning sexuality podcast, Sex with Emily, which has been on air for nearly two decades. She is a masterclass instructor on sex and communication and was previously a radio host and executive producer on Sirius XM. She has been profiled in the New York Times, Forbes, Men's Health, and has been featured by The Today Show, Conan, Entertainment Tonight, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Bustle, and elsewhere. Let's get right to it. This is Dr. Emily Morse's Art of Being Well. Dr. Emily, this is happening. I can't believe it's taken this long for us to finally meet, but we're meeting in front of hundreds of thousands of people right now. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I just, I'm such a fan of your work and I know people are going to get so much out of, out of this conversation today. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm a fan of yours. This is so fun. Go, let's 
I, but maybe let's frame the conversation because we're going to talk a lot about sex and it, there's still so much stigma around it, even around the what progressive wellnessy people. It, and we come, somehow many factions or uh, segments within the wellness community or the people that are interested in health and wellness, they still separate the two. Right. There's maybe yes. their sex life and then there's their health and wellness <laughs> and they don't realize that it's really one in the same. So can you really drive home for people like why they should care about their sexual <laughs> wellness, not just about pleasure, but about their total body wellness? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think it's such a great place to start because because Will, for so many years and I've been doing this for almost I've been in this field for almost 20 years and, you know, some stuff has changed, but a lot hasn't. And that is that that sex has sort of been our sexual health, because it is part of our health, has been siloed. And then there's the wellness industry, right? We talk about like nutrition and exercise and all the other, even, you know, meditation and all the things that you talk about, functional medicine, mm-hmm. everything that we eat, we put in our bodies, it's going to affect our mental health, our physical health. But sex, again, siloed as this mysterious thing that we do that we're all a little bit confused about. It's sort of shrouded in mystery. It's foundation is basically based in deep, you know, is in in shame and trauma for many people. Like foundationally, it, you know, if you grew up in an environment where it wasn't really healthy to talk about sex, which is to be honest, most of us, it just sort of been this thing that we all went off to have sex. It's almost like we got our license to sex without, we almost got you know, a car without a driver's license. When I think of sex in that way, like we all said, okay, we're going to have sex now, but we had no idea what we're doing and not a lot of accurate information. Turns out that sex really is a crucial part of our overall wellness. And just like you say, like, it's, it's so true. Like everything impacts our sex life, our gut, our hormones, our, you know, our nutrition, exercise, all those things is going to infect our ability to be sexually healthy and well. But if it's siloed out there, we don't really make that connection. And we just sort of hope for the best when it comes to sex. Like we just sort of maybe put on the back burner or we kind of hope we figure it out one day or we get naked with someone in the bedroom and we just think, I don't know, like close my eyes, hope this works out. So I just want to take the mystery out of it. And I just want people to know that we can talk about it, normalize it and make it work for you rather than against you. So we're going to teach, you're going you're gonna to teach us today how, how to do this. <laughs> First thing I think we all need to do, you talk about it in the book, is boosting our sex IQ. How do we become more sexually intelligent, Dr. Okay. Emily? I love it. Well, in Smart Sex, so my book that's out is Smart Sex. And Smart Sex is all about our sex IQ, which is kind of a new term that I coined. And you think about it this way. Think about your, remember emotional intelligence yeah. in like the 90s? used to think, oh, well, my, my, my intelligence is only measured by my SAT scores. And that makes me smart if I'm good at exams. But they said, no, no, no. Actually, if you have empathy, if you have compassion, if you have good relational skills, the same thing goes for sexual intelligence. It's not about, you know, the moves that you can pull in the bedroom or the size of any of your body parts or how many people you've slept with. That is not sexual intelligence. But what sexual, but being smart about sex and what sex IQ is, it's about being intentional and conscious about your sex life and the decisions you make sexually. And so I broke it down into five pillars of sexual, of sexual intelligence. And first I want to say, well, people don't understand that 
you know, some people hear this and they're like, oh God, I've never even thought about any of these things. And I'm going to be feel, feel very dumb sexually right now. And it's, it's not about that. It's more about just like in wellness, you never get to a point where you're done and you check it off the list. Like, okay, I'm sexually intelligent. And I'm going to go learn and play golf. It's like, <laughs> you have to constantly work on these pillars and they're really foundational. And it's really similar to, I listen to all of your work and read your books. It's very similar to the stuff that you talk about, but that it's all related. It's all connected. You know, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional health or impact your physical health. And it also impacts your sex life. So the pillars break it down. Got it. So yeah, I'd love to know. I mean, obviously they can read the book for the ins and outs and the granular details and learn about them, but what's the, what are the five pillars and what are some things we should know about? Yeah. Okay. So let's just get through real quickly. The first one is embodiment. And that is how how connected am I during sex? How present am I in my body? You know, I know you talk a lot about this too, your mind-body connection. When I'm in the bedroom, am I feeling things? Am I connected to my partner? Or am I thinking about my to-do list and worrying about my thighs? You know, like where am I? Because, you know, being more present sexually is important. So that's one thing. And that's something I give a lot of tips to work on because it's challenging for both of us. Every, both of us, all of us. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing process. The second one is health our overall health and wellness, our mental health and our physical health are very much correlated to our sexual intelligence and that's and being sexually healthy. And, you know, again, might seem obvious to people, but I can't tell you over the years, people are shocked that the medications they're taking might be impacting their ability to have an orgasm or to be aroused. You know, the foods that they eat are going to impact your your sex life. If we're not moving our bodies and we're not healthy, we're not exercising, well, there's going to be a blood flow challenge potentially, and that's going to impact your ability to have orgasms and arousal. So it's like all connected. So that's your health. And the other one is self-knowledge. So self-knowledge is how well you know yourself as a sexual being. Do you know your wants? Do you know your desires? Do you actually know what turns you on? You know, we all, if we, do you ever stop and think about, oh, I actually, if all my sexual experience, whether you've had one you've been with 10 people or you know, one person your whole life. What do I actually know about myself? What do I like? What is required for me to be in the mood for sex? And what needs to happen? What, what happens in the environment where I'm not in the mood for sex? Just understanding yourself and what primes you for the best sex possible. And then there's self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is really about, you know, accepting your body, accepting your sexual experience, you know, in the present moment, you know, I, I accept my body where it's at today. And it's really like confidence in the bedroom. And then the last one is collaboration. And this one is key. I would say that most sex challenges people have are not about sex itself. It's about communication mm-hmm. and collaboration. And how well, it's like, basically, do I, am I comfortable voicing my needs to my partner, my wants? And, you know, does my partner express to me how comfortable am I talking about sex? Love Those that. are the pillars. Yeah. Love it. So we need each pillar to be strong to have optimal sexual wellness. Exactly. Each Got pillar it. we have to, and, and also, like I said, yes, we need each pillar to be to be overall well and just to monitor them and to think about them. There'll be certain times where we're like, I'm in peak performance health. I'm eating healthy. I've, you know, gotten all my, my hormones checked. I'm feeling amazing. However, I've been holding on to some resentments with my partner and we have not talked about sex in a while or I've, I'm not turned on by them because of this thing. So we have to work on that area, right? So we're constantly trying to kind of go through them and see what can I do to be in my best possible, you know, sexual shape. 
Yeah, I love it. Sexual fitness, right? (laughs) Hair changes can happen due to your age, biology, and lifestyle. No matter the root cause of your hair concerns, Nutrafol meets you exactly where you are with science-backed formulas tailored to your needs. While Nutrafol's hair growth supplements target the root causes of thinning hair from within, Nutrafol's scalp care formulas help create a healthy environment for improved hair quality. Similar to the skin on your face, when your scalp is unbalanced or not cared for regularly with the right products, it can become clogged, dry, and irritated, leading to a poor environment for natural hair growth. The shampoo, the scalp mask, and scalp essence are each gentle yet effective and work to exfoliate, purify, and balance the scalp for improved hair health. I have to say, as someone that sees patients for a living at the Telehealth Center, I have heard great things over the years. I've tried it for myself. I love this stuff from Nutrafol. The sulfate and silicone-free shampoo and conditioner are shower essentials. They're designed to cleanse the scalp without stripping and defends the strands for stronger, more voluminous hair. Nutrafol's physician-formulated scalp care products are clinically shown to balance the scalp and visibly improve hair health and strength in just two weeks with their 100% natural fragrance, zero parabens, and ingredients that are color and extension safe. Nutrafol supplements, which are just, they have a cult following. Everybody, I get, I'm looking at labs for a living. I look at initial telehealth consult health history, the amount of people taking Nutrafol supplements, they have such a cult following and they're a foundation for healthy hair growth while the scalp care products create an environment for your hair to thrive. Take the first step towards improved hair and scalp health. Now, for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our U.S. listeners $10 off your first scalp care order when you go to Nutrafol.com slash scalp and enter promo code WILLCOLE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash scalp and enter promo code WILLCOLE for $10 off your first scalp care order. This is available only to U.S. customers for a limited time. So check this out right now. That's Nutrafol.com slash scalp. Use promo code WILLCOLE at checkout for $10 off your first scalp care order. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age. You have to check this out and let me know your results because you can actually see the rate at which you're aging from the inside out compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age with their action plan based on your lab data. The thing I love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on the things you can control to optimize your health, like what foods to focus on based on your labs, what supplements are right for you based on your lab data, what workouts are best for you based on your biochemistry, and other lifestyle choices you can have agency over. As someone that looks at labs for a living, I love when new telehealth patients have these labs already in their arsenal. They know their baseline. They've already taken action on their health. 
But even if you don't have a functional medicine doctor, this is why I love Inside Tracker because it's empowering the individual, removing the gatekeeper so you can have agency over your health. And did you know you can actually use your HSA, your HLRA, your FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan, which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up right now. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body right now, along with science back recommendations to optimize what's not working, then you have to visit insidetracker.com slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com slash art of being well. So I, something that I, I actually pulled from your book and, and, and highlighted that I wanted to discuss today that you touched on already, so glad you went there, was the medication piece. And I many people don't realize that. I mean, many people have to obviously be on medications, but they don't know that these are potential side effects they maybe need to discuss with their doctor if there's any other options for them. But what are the most common medications that you see? And could I add a part two, other common hormone disruptors that you talk about in the book too? Really mm -hmm. two important things that I think get missed when it comes to sex life. Yeah. Well, I think I think important, it's important for people to know there are so many women on birth control. And yeah. this is not to knock birth control, but you need to be aware of the side effects and the consequences. That there are, you know, for some people, it impacts their 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 ability to, you know, be aroused, turned on, it can cause depression, anxiety. And I think that for many, many years, women were just never given any of this information. And since they've been on the pill for so long, they don't realize that the culprit might be in the birth control pill. Another one is SSRIs, antidepressants. Uh, there's been, you know, so many studies that have shown and that people have a side effect from that could, could have side effects. And I just want to encourage people to say that, you know, I'm not you should definitely talk to a doctor. Don't don't go off your medication. But the great news is that you can actually go to your doctor and let them know you're experiencing side effects and they might be able to find other ways. Hopefully they will, that you could maybe like go down on the medication, add other things in. You know this very well. Are there supplements? Are there other things people can take? Because I, I'm telling you, you just because you, you know, you don't have to sacrifice your mental health for your sexual health. You can still have both. You can be mentally well and have great sex. So those are the kind of, those are, those are the, and then blood pressure medication seems to be mm -hmm. another common culprit. Yeah, for sure. I've seen that. And then you, you mentioned in the book, common products that people use, or maybe environmental components from a hormonal disrupting standpoint. Is there anything that you like top tips, I guess you would have for people to minimize the exposure to hormone disruptors? Yeah. I mean, the, the hormone disruptors would be certain that the products that we're using on our body, right? This is a lot of stuff you talk about the certain, you know, you know, what is it like parabens and just, mm -hmm. just making sure that you are using healthy products and I mean, it all, our deodorants, our shampoos, our, you know, body creams, everything. I mean, a lot of products right now are, are really disruptors through our lifetime and people just don't, we really don't have a lot of information about that, right? So I think, or maybe we are now more so, but we don't realize that things in our home and things that we're consuming day to day could absolutely be impacting our, could be disruptors to our hormones. And I think also it's important to look at, you know, I think we could look at our gut too. I know that you talk about this, the gut bacteria and that the things that happen in our gut could also impact our hormone levels, hormone levels and studies that show that men who suffer from erectile dysfunction have less like microbial diversity than men who don't have erectile dysfunction. And so I just think it's important to, to look at, you know, what we're eating, how we're moving our body, 
you know, making sure we're making better choices with like organic foods and, you know, it all matters. And I always think that once people get this information and they realize like antibiotics are impacting it, you know, you know, we already talked about the different pills, but like a healthy gut biome can positively influence our sex life. And I always think like if anyone needs an incentive, right? You're talking about this all the time. Like, how do you get people to make these changes in their life? But I always say, if we can collect, if we can, I think we're doing this now, Will, which is why I love being on your show. Like your sex life is taking a hit as well. So if I could be like, listen, you could have more pleasure if these, you pay attention to, to all of these factors, then, you know, maybe that'll be the incentive people need. <laughs> yeah, to, right. right. Like what maybe now we can do them? it. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. And for many people, they don't make the connection. Again, going back to how we started this conversation is that the th your gut, for example, has so many far-reaching implications to just gut health, let alone all the other variables to consider. I mean, my mind is going as you're talking about gut health and knowing that about 20% of your thyroid hormone is converted in your gut. So if, you're if you have low bacterial diversity, bacterial overgrowth, inflammation in the gut, you're not digesting and absorbing food appropriately. I, low thyroid function can lower your, your sex drive. So then you realize you have, there's this upstream downstream conversation that your, how many people in your experience have you seen with clients that think they're just broken and that they're just, that's just how they were made. They just, they just have a lower sex drive, but they, and they kind of gaslight themselves and not realizing that this is a sign that their body needs to be optimized. Mm, they really, they really. <laughs> I would say that the majority of people before they come see me or find my podcast, you know, Sex with Emily or find any of my materials, they believe that their sex life is a fixed state. I can only have sex in this position. I've got a low sex drive. This is the only way I can have an orgasm. This is the only time of day I'll be turned on. And I just want to encourage people to really hear this and know that we are always evolving as sexual beings. And we just simply, since, you know, there's not a lot of information about it, there's not a lot of healthy conversation around sex that we don't know that. So I understand why we say fix. A lot of people are still having sex like they did in high school or how they've been married for a long time. They're like, we've been doing the same position every single time. So the great news about this, and now that you hear this is like, wow, like you could start from where you're at today. And a lot of the work that I do in Smart Sex and it's Sex with Emily podcast that I've been doing for almost 20 years is people can pick it up, any of this material, you can listen and, and start where you're at. And I found that my audience is always split between the genders, like half men have women. It's ages 18 to 83. And a lot of times they have the same questions, you know, your body's changed and things, you know, every decade your sex life is good. Not only every decade is your sex life going to be different. Your 30s are different than your 20s, but after childbirth, you know, your hormones are going to change. After you have a baby, the, the, the dynamic of your relationship is going to change. I mean, there's just so many factors. So if we are not aware and we are not conscious and intentional about our sexual health, it's just going to stay in this like, mysterious place where we're just sort of doing all going through the motions, but not really realizing that we can have a huge impact and we are responsible for it. And we get to decide like how we want to be turned on and how we want to grow and finding a partner who also has a growth mindset around sex is so key because you're in it together. You know, mm -hmm. it becomes something fun. It doesn't have to be so scary anymore. And I think that's kind of the main thing that I do is I help couples realize and individuals realize that whoever you are, that that there's so much opportunity for growth and pleasure mm -hmm. when it comes to sex.
Yeah. You, we talked a little bit about some of the physiological components that we look at. I look at on labs that can impact somebody's sex drives in the book. You also talk about the psychological or emotional blocks to things that could be really messing up your sex drive. And the, the chapter is called fight off the pleasure thieves, which I think is a brilliant title. So something you talk within that, that chapter is the acronym STS. Mm -hmm. which is so freaking important. Can we talk about that? Like what are these three things, STS? Yes, yeah, STS. So these are the pleasure thieves. These are the things that are keeping us from having pleasure because like I said, most of what is keeping us from pleasure is not experience or our body parts. It's these psychological, emotional conditions and they are the pleasure thieves and here's what they are. The first one is stress. If you are experiencing, you know, st stress in your life, anxiety, and let's be honest, who isn't, who doesn't, but that does impact your cortisol levels, your ability to be turned on, aroused, connected. It's a distractor. So if we are experiencing, you know, a lot of it in our life, we have to learn to do all the things that we always talk about, right? To help people get a, get a, you know, get a handle on it, work with their anxiety. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we heal anxiety ever? Or do you think it's just maintenance? I think, well... I think for most of us, because as somebody that is prone to more anxiety, I think it's what are what's our relationship with it? Are we going to have inner resistance with it? And, and it's about I don't want to use the word manage, but I think it's just a lot using it almost as a mindfulness tool and saying, what's my body telling me at this time? What do I need? And it's a check engine light for me, typically, mm. that there's something off here right, from a mind body component. But I mean, as we both know, there's larger, more extreme anxieties, not just the background anxiety that I may have, but there are people that have panic disorders and other anxiety issues that could be a check engine light that there's something going on. Like there's some hormonal problem, there's some metabolic issue, some inflammatory problem, some gut health problem. So I think it can be a bit of both. But regardless, I guess is what I'm trying to say is it's a check engine light for us. Like what's our body telling us? And we can we have to go inward to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a great way to put it. It's like, this is information. It's always, mm -hmm. our body's always giving us information. And so how are we going to manage it so it's not preventing us from having mm -hmm. sex? Because again, people call in and they reach out and they're like, yeah, I don't, can't figure it out. Why? I'm like, well, how's your stress level? Oh my God, I haven't slept, you know, so yeah. okay, let's work on that. The other one is trauma. And trauma is something I know it's been talked a lot about. And I know, and I love in your book, you talk about inter intergenerational traumas and all the things we store in our body. And I do, I do know that trauma for many people is something that we have to, we have to work on. We have to get into it. We have to figure out, you know, if we've had any kind of trauma, big T trauma, little T trauma, but especially if you've had trauma related to any kind of sexual assault, you know, or anything that happens sexually that sort of has been, is in your mind, it has impact your ability to be turned on and connected to a partner. Therapy is huge. Find a trauma informed therapist. Can't recommend that enough. Because people, I often hear people think that it's going to go away after a while or the more time that passes and like, unfortunately, trauma doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. The last one is shame. And I know you talk a lot about shame, shame flammation. Is that what you Yes. Yeah. Shame flammation. It's so good. It's so good. I quote you on that. It's like, we have sh shame is a huge one. I mean, shame is, it's so insidious. And I think people just kind of shame is outside of us, but you, and I know you really break this down in your book too, which is just brilliant. Like, I think 
And it's really helped me realize like, oh, there's shame everywhere. There's shame about our bodies. There's shame that we're going against some belief that we had when we were younger, but we don't really believe it anymore, but we haven't been able to unpack that. You know, there's shame around being sexual. There's just Mm -hmm. that's in general that it's not okay. Body shame, experience shame, like it's all over. And that is just a huge one because even if we just have shame and it's unrelated to sex, but we don't feel good about who Mm -hmm. we are in the world and even our jobs that we have or whatever it is, it's going to impact your ability to be connected and sexual. And those are the big ones. Yeah. I learned so much in your book. One of the chapters that I thought was really helpful, I mean, not only for myself, I learned a lot, but also thinking for telehealth patients where we have these conversations about sexual wellness and we're working on their hormones, but their hormonal imbalances have really impacted their relationship. And there's there's not a lot of healthy conversations about this. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of stress around our sex life. The chapter four, the communication is lubrication. I mean, you did a great job with naming these chapters, by the way. But Thank there's you. there's other, and I love acronyms because they help, they stick in my mind to remember, okay, what are the points? Like, what are the things I'm trying to do? You talk about the three T's of communication. Yes. Can we talk about that and why that's really important for our relationship health, which will in turn impact our physical health? Absolutely. So the three T's of communication are like, these are the things that you, okay, so talking about sex with a partner is awkward, uncomfortable, based in fear, and many couples avoid it altogether. You never talk about sex. So the three T's of communication for any awkward conversation are like, go like this. Timing. You want to make sure that it's at a a time when you feel comfortable, relaxed with your partner. You are not halt, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Any of those conditions you're feeling in your body, that is not the time to have the conversation. So pick the right time. You'll know when that is. And your tone is compassionate and curious and open And you're using I statements. You're not blaming. You're not on the defensive. Because we know when we, sometimes these conversations can go like, you never turn up, you you never initiate sex and you don't ever want sex. And that, that doesn't go well. So remember the tone. You're open. You're exploring together. And the turf is outside the bedroom. That is the worst place to have a sex conversation. I highly encourage couples to leave your bedroom for sleeping and for sex. Make it a sanctuary for that. But if you're going to have a conversation about your sex life, it's best to do it when you are hanging out together. Maybe you're going on a walk or you're on a road trip. I find this works really well for couples. I've gotten great feedback on this because it's still intimate. You don't necessarily have to make eye contact, but you're driving along and you can have the conversation or when you're walking. Got it. Hormones are a leading cause of skin problems, hair problems, and other beauty issues. I have to say, I see it on labs all the time. And our hormones are all under attack due to chronic stress and the upwards of 85,000 chemicals that people are exposed to on a daily basis. Using a brand that is backed by an integrated health approach and verified hormone disruptor free will help you feel and look your best and get your hormones back in balance. A company that I love that's doing really smart things in this space is Veracity. Veracity's mission is to give people the tools to achieve hormonal balance. Their products create a system for balanced hormones and radiant skin. They have an at-home test to know what is really going on in your body and looking at your hormones. They have skincare based on your lab data 
to target and treat your specific needs. It's bio-individual skincare based on your lab tests. They have amazing products like their Blemish Calming Cleanser that's gentle. It's a foaming cleanser that's the first of its kind to address breakouts and inflammation without disrupting your hormones or compromising long-term skin health. They also have their BioEvolve Serum that provides your skin the essential vitamins, nutrients, and UV and blue light protection. Veracity is committed to hormone cleaning, clinically proven ingredients, each product in Veracity's collection has been validated by the medical advisory team. Visit veracityselfcare.com slash willcole to get 20% off your first order when you use code willcole. That's V-E-R-A-C-I-T-Y selfcare.com forward slash willcole for 20% off your first purchase with code willcole. That's veracityselfcare.com forward slash willcole, code willcole at checkout. So many telehealth patients ask us, and certainly people on social media as well, what are our favorite clean, chemical-free, non-toxic cookware? Something that I've loved for years, I use it in my home, I recommend it to telehealth patients, is caraway cookware. Caraway cookware is non-toxic, chemical-free, so you can fill your summer with your favorite recipes without worry. I love making stir fries with my caraway and really all my cooking needs. Caraway makes cookware with the convenience of nonstick without the concerns of potentially toxic forever chemicals. So you can get the best of both worlds. Cooking with caraway is super easy because it cleans up effortlessly and it, they look just amazing as well in your kitchen. Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home and comes in various modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic. Caraway's nonstick, chemical free ceramic coating makes for easy cooking and cleanup. I can attest to that. Non toxic kitchenware means food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard to pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. My friends, if you are not cooking with nonstick, but also chemical-free ceramic coating, I would just encourage you to vet what you're cooking your foods in. And Caraway really solves the problem here with a non-toxic, chemical-free alternative for you. Visit carawayhome.com slash willcole to get 10% off during their summer refresh event. Certain exclusions apply. That's carawayhome.com slash willcole. Use code willcole at checkout. Caraway. Non-toxic cookware made modern. You mentioned in that chapter it what happens or what someone should do if it turns like sour, right? If if you get if it starts an argument or some discord, any tips for people that are like afraid of this triggering yeah. an argument? Yeah, it's a great question because I got to tell you, Will, is that I get asked that question probably more than anything when I when I bring this up because. It shows me this too, that most couples, most people listening to this are like, that sounds great, Emily. My partner will never have this conversation about sex. They've yeah. told me it's off limits. You know, it's, and it won't happen. My partner is not down with sex conversations. And so I spend a lot of time giving people scripts in smart sex so they can actually navigate through this landmine mm -hmm. of sex communication, which by the way, I think I know this from, you know, working with thousands of people that after you get through some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, the roadblocks, couples learn to 
really relish these conversations. They can't get enough of them. They realize the sex conversations brings them closer together and their sex life is improves and it's no longer shameful and whatever. But, but in the beginning, it's hard. And here's why. I think that when we think about having a conversation about sex with our partner, especially for one of these couples who have never talked about it, which by the way, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the majority. They haven't talked about it in a smart sex kind of way, using like their sexual intelligence. Because we either are afraid that we're going to offend our partner, or if our partner brings it up to us, we think, you know, we kind of go into panic, like fight or flight. Like, this is not a good thing. Danger, danger. What have I been doing wrong? And we just sort of shut it down altogether. I think there's this notion that if we have to talk about sex with our partner, it takes all the romance out. It means there's a problem. And this is just one of the challenges around sex being shrouded in mystery Mm -hmm. is that it is sort of this mythical, like we should always kind of know how to do it without talking about it. Like what in our life that's important to us, do we not have to work on, right? Mm-hmm. We need to like, we go with our bosses at work and we have conversations about our performance. We, you know, in the workplace, in our health, right? We are constantly trying to optimize for, you know, better health and performance. But with sex, we just, because because we don't have the information, we don't know where to go. So I think that for couples, you know, to realize that you guys can go on this journey together and say, you know what, it's okay to say to your partner, no matter how many years you've been together, whether it's, you know, 10 months or 10 years, the conversation might go something like, hey, I was listening to Will Cole, you know, on his podcast and Emily Morse, they were saying that like we, I love people using like what they heard as an example, because I know how hard it is. And hey, babe, I realized that we've never really had any healthy, like in, you know, conversations about our sex life in an instructive way. And I want you to know, this is, I don't even know where this conversation is going, but what I've heard is that couples who have healthy conversations have better sex, more satisfaction in their relationships overall. Would you be interested in, you know, starting to kind of talk about it in a new way mm-hmm. and see where it goes? It is not a one-time conversation. And then I have a lot of scripts in the book where people can kind of learn to give feedback I have a yes, no, maybe list where they can figure out what they're into, what they're not into, right? Like just, I want to give people all the tools that they need to thrive in the area of sex communication, which will help their sex life. Great advice. Yeah, that yes, no, maybe sidebar in the book. I didn't know what most of that was. I had to Google. (laughs) I had to Google it, but you taught me a lot. You taught me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can also get on our website at sexwithemily.com. That is a free download. And you can look at there and we do explain some of the terms because most people, yeah, but don't, don't know what the terms are. So, <laughs> I'm, ha- give you a menu. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. <laughs> okay, I, good. You mentioned this in the book, Kegels. I'm so glad you talk, you talk about it in the book. Most people know what Kegels are, but what are Kegels? Who should be doing Kegels and why? Oh, so, great. So the Kegels are, are basically our pelvic floor muscles. Think about your pelvic floor like a hammock that supports very important organs like your uterus, your bladder, your bowels. And it also impacts, it's not only important for childbirth and all that, but it does impact your sexual health. Our orgasms stem, like this is just one of the benefits of Kegels if we're going to talk about it, but like our orgasms stem from the pelvic floor muscles and the stronger those muscles are, the stronger your orgasms are going to be, you know, and when your pelvic floor is strong and toned, you have more you know, you have more muscle fibers, fibers, fibers available to stimulate your genitals and your nerve endings. So they, it's simply just think about kegels as like a workout for your pelvic. Mm-hmm. And 
And also I want to say this, that it's not just for women. Mm-hmm. It's not just for people with a vulva, but if you have a penis, you are a man, toning the pelvic floor muscles can help them also with a lot of things, with help them with ejaculation, it can help them with erection, it helps prostate. It's, it's just healthy for men overall mm-hmm. to do them. And so I give some tips on how to do it, but I think that, you know, the thing about kegels is what I also love about them is that it brings us more in touch with our sexual energy. So for many of us, we walk around and this is really common and this is why we get so disassociated during sex and we just kind of feel like we can just sort of, I've heard this from a lot of people say, you know what, if I never had sex again or it's not really top of mind, I I have to be honest, I hear this more from women than men. Mm -hmm. They say, if I never had sex again, I wouldn't care. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. I wish it would go away. What, What do I do? (laughs) <laughs> and I get that. And honestly, I've been there. Like I do, I am always learning and growing too. It's not like I'm always walking around ready for sex. I created smart sex and these pillars because I also need to know what's going on with my sex life. How do I stay aroused, turned on, connected to my partner, connected to my body? So the thing about kegels is when I just tell people, even if it's through breath work, and I'm a huge fan of breath work, even if you just take a few deep breaths a day and you're breathing deep, and, and when you're breathing, you take that big deep diaphragm, interdiaphragm. Imagine your pelvic floor, your breath going into your pelvic floor and then doing a little kegel there. And the kegel is essentially an easy way to find it is those P-stopping muscles when you're stopping and starting the flow of urine. Those are the muscles. And you squeeze it, you hold it for three seconds and you release it. And you do that maybe for a few minutes. The great part is you're going to instantly connect to your energy here, your, your, your power source, your, your, where it's all lying, right? Where the sexual, ha- your sexual energy is happening, happening. And for so many people who are walking around disconnected and not feeling it, it's a way to connect again. And it's a way to feel like, oh yeah, like, and it might even wake something up. You might start to feel some sexual energy circulating. And it's, it's just, and it reminds you that you are a sexual being. And I think it's a great practice to kind of take into the bedroom. You know, I think masturbation is also a really important part of staying connected to your body and feeling, you know, yeah, sexually healthy and well. So that, those are the kegels. And some people, I want to say first that there's a, and you probably see this in your practice. There's a lot of women who do have vaginal pain. They have tightness, they have you know, vaginismus, there's just overgrowth of nerve endings or earlier traumas and kegels are not great for, it's not a one size fits all. So mm-hmm. pelvic floor physical therapy is really emergent. There's so many more in different cities right now. There used to be much rare, like harder to find, mm-hmm. but they will specifically work with you on whatever, you know, pelvic floor conditions you're having. Mm-hmm. You're having. Yeah. I've seen a big, a game changer, getting your pelvic floor healthy, either on your own or with a therapist huge. It can be huge, not just from a sex life standpoint, but also urinary issues as well. Pelvic floor weakness. Yes, um, you're, exactly. That's the thing also. Oh, not to interrupt you, but I, I, I yeah. mentioned that part about over time, it does atrophy and mm-hmm. you could have your sneezing and peeing and all the things, and this will help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Just to highlight something you just said, a lot of what you, and you teach us exactly how to do it. There's so many practical tips within the book, but w- what the message you're really trying to teach us is to how to, how to use sex and s- sexual wellness as a mindfulness practice and bring them this mindfulness, which I really appreciate. And I don't think a lot of people do within that space. So thank you. Mm, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a really important to be, to be present. You know, pleasure is presence. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Your one of the most fascinating chapters for me personally was the ethical non-monogamy chapter. As someone that's been in a monogamous relationship for the past like 20, 20 years, it was fascinating to me to get out of my vanilla bubble and see all the different <laughs> ways that people are in relationships. Can you blow our minds right now and just talk like what's out there in the world? What are people doing? What do you see yeah. work and what not what's not working? Okay, this is great. So my my I was already late in delivering my manuscript to my publisher. And I realized I had to do a chapter on ethical non-monogamy because I do think that it's on the rise. More, more and more people are kind of coming to realize that, you know, love comes in many different shapes and forms. And historically, a couple was like a committed monogamous relationship between a man and a woman, people of the opposite sex. And of course, most people choose this arrangement and it's fine but a lot has changed. Gender norms have changed. There's different types of relationships that we can have. And so I just want to give people permission to know that like, even though monogamy is the norm and its history is kind of rooted in some, you know, patriarchal customs where women were the property of men and, you know, monogamy made it easier to keep that property. We could go into the history of it. But I want people to also know that there are unconventional relationships that are solely being more accepted into the mainstream. And that would be ethical non-monogamy. And we can get into like the divorce rate. We know that half the marriages end in divorce and monogamy is hard. And ethical monogamy is also monogamy, non-monogamy is also hard, but the people in these relationships tend to have practice like rigorous communication. We talk about everything. And if you want to break, so what does it look like? What is ethical non-monogamy? It is not a license to cheat. Here's what it's not. People are like, great. So I can go sleep with anybody I want. Amazing. Sign me up. No. <laughs> That is a disaster. You do not get into an ethical non-monogamous relationship to spice it up because you want to sleep with as many people as possible. That is a terrible idea. So I think, you know, ethical non-monogamy is really more about, there's different kinds. So if, is that what you're kind of asking? Like, Yeah, 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 exactly. There's like, okay, so there's polyamory and somebody who's in a polyamorous relationship for, that's not polygamy, that's people who marry several people at once. But polyamory is simultaneously like you have one or more romantic or sexual partners or a sexual relationship at one time. Everybody knows it's consensual and many people have like a primary partner. Like they'll have someone they live with. Maybe they're married, but they have secondary partners that they also see. And a lot, mostly, not mostly, there is no right. Listen, this is the wild west, but they typically have like a a, a secondary partner that they would see, you know, other nights of the week and they would let their partner know and everyone knows everyone. And sometimes maybe they all get together and have sex. But typically in polyamory, you have separate relationships going where it is can just be for sex. There might be some romance to it too. But, you know, for many partners, again, who are practicing this kind of honesty around it, they talk about everything and I and and this works for them. There's also, and then we can get into how people do this, but then there's open relationships. And this is more of a catch-all term for different kind of, you know, array of relationships. It can mean many things. It can mean like we're swinging once a month. We're like swapping with couples. It can mean we go to sex parties. It can mean a lot of different things, right? So, you know, it just does mean that they sometimes have threesomes once a year, you know, for someone's birthday. So those are people that are a little bit more open. And swinging, I think we all know, is when like you're swapping partners, you know, maybe with another couple. There's different, there's monogamish where you're mostly monogamous, but sometimes you step your foot out when you're traveling, but your partner again knows. The big thing here is the word consent. 
This is all consensual. And couples I know who have been successful in these alternative relationships, they do more talking than they do having sex. I can tell mm. you that. And it is like they, they, they have jealousy. They have fears. They're, they, they, th- you know, things change over time with their primary or their secondary partners, but they talk about all of it and they learn to work with their jealousy rather than against it. They might say, you know what? I, I, last night this, I felt a little threatened because you didn't call me. And we have that, or, you know, we have this boundary that when you're out with someone, you should call. Right. So these couples, I know they set, they have boundaries, they have rules and they're constantly updating them. For example, they might have a rule that says, you know, you can't sleep with somebody twice. It can only be a one-time thing, but maybe, you know, someone found someone that they actually really like and they want to continue. So they just, they're constantly negotiating and changing up the boundaries. So that's some of it. I mean, I think what else is there? There is, what did I talk about? All of them. Yeah. A a partnership is one where they are, this is called the the lat movement, living apart together. Couples Mm. who are married or committed, but they have separate homes, but they are committed. And those could be in monogamous relationships because they just prefer the, you know, living apart. They're like, yeah. not for me. I want to have a separate, you they know, want their own space. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen a lot of these emerging and people are asking a lot more questions about it. There's a lot more therapists that are popping up. that are just focusing on these relationships. And so I thought it was important to, to give people some more information. So if they're going on this journey or they've been curious about it, they know where to start. If you know just a little bit about me, you don't even need to know that that much. Probably one of the first things you know about me is I freaking love tea and a tea that I drink the most over the years and I can't stop talking about it and I recommend it to telehealth patients. I use it in my own life is Peak. After enjoying Peak's products for years now, I know that I'm getting the best quality ingredients out there. Since enjoying their sun goddess matcha, I've noticed that my energy is better my skin is clear, my mental clarity has improved, I have better digestion, better gut health, clearer skin, all the things. You have to check out this Sun Goddess Matcha. It will change your life. Sun Goddess Matcha is the best matcha ever. It's organic, it's ceremonial grade matcha made by third generation tea masters. Simon, who's the founder at Peak, he knows his stuff. He vets the world for the best sources of tea and makes it so easy for us. And with this matcha, they're using 130-year-old techniques to get us this matcha. It's quadruple toxin screened for heavy metals and toxic molds. Peak's matcha trees are cultivated with 35% longer shading periods during growth to increase production of L-theanine, which brings the calming mechanisms to the body, and also chlorophyll, these phytocompounds that are so important for us. With a subscription from Peak, which I recommend doing this, you can have it delivered right to your doorstep each month. No more worrying about restocking or going out. The pre-measured quantity dissolves quickly in both hot and cold water. I love myself an ice matcha. And I pack these in my carry-on. It fits seamlessly into your on-the-go lifestyle. Head over to peaklife.com slash willcold-matcha to get 15% off plus free shipping for life when you start your new ritual right now. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E dash M-A-T-C-H-A. Peaklife.com slash Will dash Matcha to get 15% off plus free shipping for life 
when you start your new matcha ritual right now. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Now get 20% off every IQ Bar product plus free shipping when you text ABW to 64000. Many telehealth patients are asking me, okay, what's something that I can have easy, on the go, that loves me back, that tastes delicious, all the things. Does it check all the boxes as far as healthy on the go snacks? So you can be proactive instead of reactive at the whim of your busy schedule. A brand that I love that's doing really innovative things in this space is IQ Bar. It fits every diet, keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, tastes delicious, <laughs> all of the above. IQ Bar is the only bar optimized for your brain and body. It's packed with brain nutrients, plant protein, and fiber, all with next to no sugar or net carbs. Plus, its ingredients are super clean and it tastes delicious. IQ Bar is great for your brain. It's formulated with six key nutrients shown to support cognitive energy, performance, and health. No more midday slumps. If you're struggling with some brain fog, some fatigue, this is a great, clean, steady energy pick-me-up for your day. IQ Bar is delicious. It's a crash-free breakfast option or an afternoon snack that will help you win your day. IQ Bar is great for your body as well. It's packed with plant protein for strong muscles, some prebiotic fiber for your happy gut health, and healthy fats for cleaned, crash-free energy as well. IQ Bar comes in seven mouthwatering flavors like toasted coconut chip, the almond butter chip, the peanut butter chip. You all know that that's my favorite one. <laughs> peanut butter, anything with peanut butter, but I love this peanut butter chip from IQ Bar. And the banana nut is great as well. You won't believe how great these things taste, especially considering they have next to no sugar or net carbs. Now get 20% off all IQ Bar products right now, plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text ABW to 64000. Get your discount here. Text ABW to 64000. That's ABW to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. I know you touched upon the history of the traditional monogamous heterosexual relationship and the sort of patriarchal, sort of archaic property aspect of this conversation. Can you, I'd love to go there a little bit, like, and, yeah. and in your experience of seeing thousands and thousands of clients talking about this for a living, do you... I know the divorce rates, like you said, it's it's not great from the relationship. Do you feel like there is a, anecdotally, a more successful type of relationship? Is it the, that kind or is it one of these newer kinds that people are exploring? Mm, I think it's a case-by-case -case basis. I, I, I guess I want people to have options. I do not think that it because we're all so different what we want, mm -hmm. what kind of relationship dynamics are important to us, what kind of relational skills we need in a relationship, what kind of emotional skills. So I, I can't say that anyone is better than the other. You know, there's some people who just think this would never work, or it's always ends and it blows up. And it's funny because I was just doing a podcast yesterday with Dr. Drew, you know, Dr. Drew Pinsky. Yeah, been, yeah. Forever we've been doing this. We used to be on Loveline together. And his belief is that it never works, Emily. We've had this fight for years. He's like, it will always blow up and be a disaster. And it never works. And I knew why. Well, you know, we, we joke about it. But I, I have to say that I have a lot of close people I know, not just, you know, people on the show, but 
dear friends of mine who have been open for many, many years and it works. And they, sometimes they're open, sometimes they're not, but they discuss it. They talk about it. They've had problems along the way, but they are open. And that looks like maybe they go to a sex party or they have a couple over every few months. Sometimes it doesn't happen for two years because they're busy with kids and other things. And so, no, I can't say that one is better than the other, but I think even if couples are looking to explore it, you could learn a lot about yourselves and your sex life just saying like, what do you think about non-monogamy? What would that look like? Why would we want to do it? Because also for some people it works because maybe you have a kink. You have something that you're really into. Like I, you know, I know a guy, a friend of mine who really wants to be dominated, right? He really wants someone to dominate him in the bedroom. He wants to be tied up or spanked or whatever it looks like or verbally, you know, abused. (laughs) And that's his kink. That's his turn on. And his wife is like, that is not me. That is not hot. Can we outsource this? And so once a month, once a quarter, once a week, he goes to see a dominatrix. Okay. It's completely consensual and he gets his needs met. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think that when we understand, when once we do the work about who am I sexually? What are my desires? Can my partner meet these needs? Do I have other needs that it's just like anything else? You could say to them, you know, I, you know, I love you. I love our relationship. Our sex life is great, but I have this desire for this other thing, but we're going to continue to talk about it. Again, this is not a decision you make over dinner one night. Couples I know have been successful talk about it for months. Maybe they bring in a therapist, but it sort of makes sense if you think about it. You know, we often get in relationships thinking our partner should be our everything, right? Our best friend, our confidant, our sexual, our erotic lover, our business partner, our, you know, our the mother, father to our children. It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. And so if you realize that sex is really just sex sometimes, meaning it just is serving a function in our relationship and it can't all be met in this relationship. Could we go elsewhere and you are healthy enough and have enough sexual intelligence to realize that it doesn't mean to be doomsday. It's not doomsday. It could work for people. Thank you. And everybody read the book because you're going to learn so much. It's going to blow your mind and, and Google all the terms you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, the podcast is called the art of being well at the end of every episode, we have your art of being well. This is Dr. Emily Morris's art of being well. First question is actually, do you, do you have any top favorite aphrodisiac foods, specifically people that want to like maybe use food to support their libido or any herbs or supplements? And what's, what's your top, top list here? Mm, it's a great question. I would say, I just love, I, I don't really take any of that stuff. I, I, maca, I put maca in my smoothie because I know that that can help with things with help with your, you know, arousal. Who knows if it's still, I think it works, right? What do you think? Yeah. Maca. Yeah. I think there's Anecdotally. some solid data around it. Yeah. I, I would say maca's a good adaptogen to consider and Adap- yeah. Yeah, other adaptogens too. Shilajit can be good. Yeah. Different ones. Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Yeah. I'm not as regular with it, but I would say that for me, what has really worked is just, I drink a lot of water. I'm hydrated. I food wise, I love oysters. I know it's cliche, but I really think when I go out for great oysters, it just, I don't know, it just turns me on. I love finger foods. I love making foods with my partner and having like picnics either in the house or outside of the house and bring that into our our relationship. But I would say that there's, you know, mangoes are sexy, but I think it's just more about my overall like lifestyle that is what turns me on. So I don't have a specific aphrodisiac per se. Do you, what's your favorite natural scent? Anything in nature? Do you have a favorite? 
in nature. Does vanilla or, count? Yeah, vanilla pine? counts. Vanilla is my favorite. I'm vanilla. like, it's not in nature, but I would say vanilla. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have, if you had to pick coffee or tea, what would you pick? Coffee. What do you have in your coffee? What's your go-to? I have my coffee black, believe it or not. Me I too. don't have anything to my coffee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it like that. It just makes me happy. It works for me. I used to do all the things in it, but now this is just what I crave. Love it. What's your dream vacation? Anything in the world? Mm. My dream vacation is one where it's, there's activity, there's beach, there's, you know, I think we're going to Mallorca this summer. I've never been, but I love the idea of somewhere where I can be active, be in water, be in nature and eat like delicious, healthy foods, walking on the beach. I could walk on the beach as much as I can that entire trip. That feels going, going to the water, being in the ocean is really healing for me. Love it. For my are, creativity. Yeah. Everything. Are, are you, you're based in LA, right? Yeah. But are you, you're, are you from the Midwest originally? I'm from Michigan. Okay. There's something, because I'm from Pittsburgh, which I think is like more Midwest than East Coast, even though I feel like this kinship with anyone from the Midwest. So <laughs> you can be in yeah. LA, but it's not going to leave your bones. No, I, I, I am a Midwestern stock. Like that's who I am. I'm like a nice girl from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is such a cliche. I mean, you could be from uh, Detroit or whatever, but f let's just say, assuming you're from a more smaller town relative to Los Angeles, maybe a little bit more conservative. Was your line of work shocking to your family? Did it take a while for them to accept it? Maybe they still don't. Yeah, it's, they they did. It was very confusing in 2005 that I'm starting a sex podcast, okay? It's like that, what is a podcast and what do you mean you're talking about sex? So it wasn't that, yeah, it was a little bit shocking. And I think that both they've come around, you know, in 18 years, but I think they're just happy I'm making a living now. It was tough at the beginning. <laughs> you know, do I, now that I look back on it, I had a lot of tenacity and passion. Like I know you do about the work I do. I was like, I, of course, this is going to help people. Everyone needs to talk about sex. But yeah, it took a while. And I think, yeah, I think that people are finally coming around to it. But at first, my mom told people I had a dating show, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite? You mentioned going on vacation and eating good, healthy food. Healthy or not, doesn't matter. But what's your favorite restaurant in the world? And when you're there, what do you order? Oh my God. In the world. Oh my God. I haven't been anywhere. You know what? Can I just talk about my favorite restaurant lately? Because yeah, go for this it. It just happened. I've never been to Joshua Tree. Have you been to Joshua Tree? Yeah, I yes. Recently, I went to what's a place La Quinta, which is close to okay. there. Oh yeah, yeah, Palm yeah. Springs. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say this because my brain it'll take me a minute to think of my favorite restaurant in the world because I don't think I can go back there. But La Copine was the most exquisite restaurant. We went but twice for lunch. It was like French but Californian food cuisine. I had like a I had this delicious like salmon salad with fried capers. Yum. It was like really healthy, but like caper. I never thought to fry a caper. It was just, everything was amazing. My boyfriend had this like crepes with something and we just can't stop talking about it. And I want to go back there like tomorrow. <laughs> We're close enough. It's I, it's a beautiful part of the country. It's very. It is. It was it. The desert is very, very healing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I drove through Joshua Tree. I didn't stay there, but the whole area is beautiful. 
Do you know what Enneagram you are, that personality study? I do. Okay. So I have been sorry. Either, I, either I'm a three or a, I thought I was a seven for a while, but it turns out I think I'm a three. You were mistyped. You were, I was you... mistyped, but I still think that sometimes, <laughs> but lately I've been going, I, I don't know. I think my friend Jennifer says, you know, Jennifer Freed. I think you know yes, Jennifer. Yes, I know right? Jennifer Freed. I love Jennifer right. Freed. I know you love her too. She's told me about you too. She's one of my, she's a sister to me. We are like. Oh, wow. I didn't know I, that. Yeah, no, we are like BFFs. And she, she's amazing. I love Jennifer Freed. And she was like, you're a seven. Now I think I'm a three. Okay. So okay. What about you? I'm a five, a researcher. Okay. Five wing four, which is an individualist. I'm by no means an expert, but that's what I've been told with with tests and things like that. But Jennifer has been on the podcast before. People should go back and listen to it. She's a wealth of information. She's it makes amazing. sense that you guys are sisters because I feel energetically the same. Do you? Yeah, we are super close. Yeah. yeah. If you do, you ever go to Starbucks? And if you go to Starbucks, what's your order? I just get a coffee with. Now I don't even go with almond milk. Well, I used to love a frappuccino. <laughs> Like guilty pleasure. I'm on the road. Like I love a slushy coffee. I love a slushy coffee drink. Do you like, like okay. Well, you mentioned liking the black coffee, so you could just get a black coffee. But if you're going to do a frappuccino, is it caramel frappuccino? Is it the mocha one? It's the mocha. Mocha frapp. Mocha frappuccino. <laughs> like I actually, now I want one right now. Like I actually think I'm going to go to Starbucks because I haven't had one in a while and I, I, I deserve one. But I would say it's a mocha frappuccino. And then, yeah, that's it. Got Give it. me one now. If you could use a lot of people that listen to the podcast, love skincare, clean skincare, just skincare in general. What is like, if you could use only one skincare product, what would it be? I would say I love the Osea, Osea Malibu products. They're amazing. They were, they came on as a sponsor on my show and they send you a bunch of products, as you know, which is so delightful. I get a lot of sex toys and skincare and sometimes <laughs> other things, but that's fun. And I, I love it. I love their their oil, their Andaria body oil. I love their face wash. All of their, all of their products really are next level. Got it. And, or, so, and organic. So that's a good next question. You get sent all the sex toys. There's so many sex toys out there. Like what's worth that spending the money, like people are like, eh, what should I get if anything? And then maybe they're embarrassed. We talked about the stigma, like what's worth, worth, worth getting as far as sex toys. Oh my God. That's, that's hard. It's like asking me my favorite child. We just launched a, <laughs> maybe a top <laughs> three or whatever. No, I'm kidding. I'll give you top three. I'm kidding. I can tell you this. I've been talking about, yeah, I literally would say that I, I'm probably one of the top sex. Po- I, I'm very humble in many areas, but I could actually say that I am like the sex toy whisperer. I used well for years. I would get like twenty pounds of sex toys delivered to my office, wow. and it used to just be me trying, trying. But then eventually, I have a great team. I'm like, it can't just be my body deciding what toy is great. So I do know a lot about toys. We actually just launched a new marketplace, so you can check out. It's more curated because people are very overwhelmed by toys right now because there's so many of so them. So many, yes. So many. You're like, where do I go? But I would say that one of my top products is a handheld vibrator, something that like looks like there's something by a a company called Jeju, J-E-J-O-U-E. You can find it on my site and it looks like a little, it's a beautiful, looks like a little, like a skipping stone and it's made of body safe silicone. And why I love it is because you can hold it in your hand. You can use it on all different body parts. And I want to remind people that, that sex toys are not just for women that we all are covered in nerve endings. And when they are stimulated with vibration, it can feel incredible. So a, a handheld vibrator like that, something by Jeju or something by WeVibe, 
um, or something by Lalo. They're they're great products, a handheld one. Then I love a couple's toy because for many couples, it can still be like, we've never used a toy. And I love a ring, like a penis ring, because that can also feel great. It stimulates a penis and then you wear it during intercourse and that can also stimulate the clitoris. And so a couple, something that couples can share together is fantastic. And then I love the magic wand mini. The magic wand is like been around for over 50 years. Time Magazine said it was like the, one of the greatest inventions of the century. <laughs> it is a massager body wand. It's for external use, but it just, it's powerful and can feel great to massage your back or your genitals. Got it. Hey, now we know that this is our, <laughs> this is what we and need. Lube. Wait, and lube, yeah. I'm just going to give a plug for lube because I think that lube is one of the great, is one of the, is one of the most hidden benefit, one of the hidden ingredients to a healthy sex life. Mm-hmm. Lube gets a really bad rap. We, for a lot of reasons, we think that it's, if there's a problem or women feel bad because right. they're not around. What we don't understand is our wetness levels fluctuate throughout the month. And there's certain times where we're more turned on and not, or more not turned on. We can be turned on and wet and wet and not turned on and all the things. But think of lube as like a sunblock. Like, you know, you wear a sunblock when you go outside and it's cloudy. You could Mm -hmm. still get tan. You could still have tears. You could still, you know, there could be problems not using lube. And also there are studies that have shown that women who use lube are more likely to orgasm and have pleasure. So just have a lube on your nightstand. I love playground lube. Playground. Made with body safe ingredients for women. Cool. Uh, uh, for Foria is a sponsor on the, the podcast. Do, are you familiar with them? Love Foria. I've worked with Foria for years. In fact, I was one of their testers ten years ago, and I love Foria. Foria is amazing because it's an arousal oil. It's it basically has coconut oil and CBD. Yeah. And what I love is that that also can be used like arousal. Coconut oil feels great. It's a great foreplay to use on your partner. Rub it all over their bodies. Everyone loves Foria. I think that Foria is a wonderful product. Awesome. Well, my friend, this has been great. I'm glad we finally met. We, this is official now. We're friends. We are friends. And Come not, to LA. Let I me know, know you're we, in LA. I will. I will. And we have the same publicist. Alyssa is amazing. Which we you know. love her. She and we talks have a, obvious. Too. Now I know we have a lot of mutual friends too. This is so cool. We do. And Jennifer Cohen is one very close friend of mine. Oh, sweet. You I know, know all you the same too. people. I know. As I'm saying, all the Jennifers. And I was gonna <laughs> say, um, yeah. And I'm excited for you to be on my podcast soon. So yes, thank you so we'll much. Keep talking. I can't wait. We'll continue the conversation over there. What's where let's talk about it. Where do people go to listen to the podcast? Where do they get the book? Tell them all the things. Okay. All the things. Okay. So sex with Emily podcast, I release two a week and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Smart sex is my new book. That's just out right now. And you can buy it wherever you buy your books. I so appreciate everyone buying it. And we have a sex IQ quiz that you can find on our website. If you want to know where to start with your sex IQ. And like I said, we just launched a new a sex toy mark shop with Emily on my website too that can help you kind of find the right sex toys and vibes for you. And yeah, social media, everything sex with Emily. Come back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.